how good are you at manifesting what you really want in life? Like, have there been moments where everything just turned out exactly as you wanted? And how intentional are you being around your life and work and how that all plays out for you? If you have been needing a little bit of a boost, a little bit of inspiration on how to do this for yourself, to step into your dreams and to actually make them happen, then this episode of the Untapped Podcast is definitely for you. I can't wait. Hi, I'm Natalie Sisson, an entrepreneur, best-selling author, speaker, host of this Untapped Podcast, and a lover of handstands and dogs. I've spent over a decade building successful businesses I love and teaching others to do the same. I want to help you tap into your unlimited potential and make the income and impact you desire simply by being you. In fact, I'm on a mission to help 1,000 women earn at least $10,000 a month and contribute at least 1% of their revenue to causes that they truly care about so that together we can create a ripple effect in this world. So if that sounds like you and you're on board to learn how to make the mindset shifts you need to have the business success you want and the lifestyle that you desire, then this is the podcast for you. In 2012, my guest Joe Morrison went from an executive assistant to an entrepreneur, co-creating the first university student union startup accelerator program in Australia. Incubate.org.au has now launched almost 150 startup businesses that have raised $35 million and counting. And at the same time she was thrown into this world of entrepreneurship, she was also developing her leadership career, guiding her team and other young people at Australia's oldest university, the University of Sydney. But she's not all business. Joe's gift is making it easier to get what you want by combining the law of attraction or manifesting with practical steps. I actually really love that because there are some people who teach manifesting who never feel typically practical. She is not a traditional career or business coach, but rather a guide who helps you to create your ideal professional life, the one you dream of, but you don't know how to activate. And Jo specifically works with people who are feeling stuck in their work life and looking for more freedom and flexibility. So you can see why we get on so well. It might be in their career or exploring their secret spark business idea. She teaches what she learned while growing a successful career from EA to project manager to director of innovation and entrepreneurship and consistently changing her own life by learning to manifest what she wants. And in this conversation, we talk about her unusual career path from journalism into that incubator program in University of Sydney and where she is now, how she manifested a massive life change, won her partner through a beer brewing competition and moved 3,000 kilometers to start a new life. Then we dive into the yin-yang of law and attraction and practical action steps to get what you want and create your ideal work life. And why she loves the power of coaching for herself and to support others. And then a special little reveal at the end of why I'm so thrilled to have Jo on this podcast and what she's going to be doing with me. So without further ado, let's dive in. I am super delighted to welcome Jo Morrison to the Untapped podcast today for a special reason, which we'll reveal later on in the podcast. But first off, Jo, welcome. Thank you. Excited yeah. to be here. Yeah, me too. The first question, as you know, because I know you listen into my podcast too, which is really great, is how do you tap into your potential and get paid to be you? Well, I help people to create their ideal career and work life. So really, I've gone through this whole journey myself of creating what I love to do in terms of my work life, including what I, how I get paid and also how I create my life more holistically around that. That's awesome. And do you want to describe a little bit more about how you got to this point of doing the work that you do? 
Yeah, for sure. So it took me a while to work out what I wanted to do with my life. I studied a journalism degree and graduated around the year 2000, which is when print media was really struggling and trying to morph into the more digital online space. I also went through a whole journey with journalism where I realized that I didn't want to be an ambulance chaser, as they call it in the industry. So I didn't want to be door knocking and doorstepping people and reporting on news that I found to be quite negative. It didn't sit well with me to be approaching families in distress. So I started to think about what else I could use my skill set for that I developed during the course of that degree. And I found myself moving more into consulting and working as an executive assistant because I was always super organized. So I loved to help organize other people to manage lots of information and projects. And then from there, I'd been in a role for a few years and we got approached by a student because at this point I was working at the University of Sydney and he wanted to create a program to support startups at the University of Sydney to support students to build a business while they're at university. This is quite an alien concept. It really is in the (laughs) university world. So I love that the student was the initiator of that and that you would have been like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So they loved his idea and it wasn't something that was being, it wasn't happening a lot in Australia at that point. I mean, this is 2012. So we went through a whole process of listening to what he had to say and then working out how we could turn it into a practical program that wouldn't alienate the university as such, because obviously they're there to teach students to get degrees. They're not necessarily there to, they probably argue against this now, but they're not necessarily there to prepare people to go out and start a business. So when that got approved as a, as a program to start off, they also weren't going to let a 21-year-old at that time loose with the, the kind of budget that they wanted to put into this program when it was finally approved. So I was asked to step in and project manager. So we were building this thing from the ground up. We were creating this program to support students to build businesses from the ground up. So it was a very steep learning curve to decide Mm -hmm. what we would teach, how we would teach it. And also we weren't the experts. We were co-creating this program, but the idea was we would always bring in experts, mentors, experts in industry to work with the students who were creating these businesses to give them the best possible start in their creating a business journey. Yeah, because you're a university, you're not an entrepreneurial incubator. So that would have been, yeah, really smart move to bring in experts. But super cool that you took it on and actually saw it as a gap. Because, yes. And I know this is where your passion for career coaching and work coaching has come from because I remember at university and at school, at careers evenings, there was never an opportunity to talk about starting your own business. It was always, what profession do you want to go into? What career? And I mean, there were entrepreneurial clubs at university, but because I hadn't been exposed or talked to about any of that, I just, I was like, hmm, what's that? (laughs) It's funny later in life that you're like, wait a minute, I could work for myself. That must have just given you just so much, I don't know, awesome understanding of the entrepreneurial world, the startup space, and kind of what did that, I guess, change for you? Or what did that bring up in terms of opportunities and ways of thinking? Well, the first thing was I got to meet all these amazing students who were entrepreneurial and support them through their journey. And you realize how much you change between 21, 22. And I think at that point I was in my early 30s. And you realize that 
they've got these amazing ideas, but they don't necessarily have the life skills or the life experience to manage it as things grow and develop. They need that coaching and mentoring and a different world viewpoint to help them move forward. So working with the students and helping them develop was amazing, that mentoring role. And then the sorts of industry people we were able to bring in and learning from them and meeting all these incredibly smart people who not only were really good at what they were doing, but often were really willing to share what they knew for for effectively free within a mentoring environment. So I thought that was just incredibly generous and a really special thing to do to be able to give back. Yeah, you often find that people who have found success in business are more than happy to mentor, right? Like they're more than happy to pass on those learning lessons and failures and good things so you can fast track others. And it also feels quite lovely to be asked sometimes, especially by Sydney University, pretty prolific and great organisation. Cool. And so from there, what happened next? Like what was the next trajectory of your own career yeah, so we initially it was just myself and James who co-founded Incubate with me and with another student. And then eventually it developed into a team. So someone had to manage and lead that team. So I hired in people to work within that team to support James as the program manager. A new role was created for me as director of innovation and entrepreneurship. Woo-hoo, and it was, sec- it was it was a lovely title and it was the second time I'd gone into a role with no idea of what that role was really going to do or what it was going to look like so I did spend five years creating everything with support but effectively kind of making it up as you go along mm-hmm. in a structured sort of a way but you're still <laughs> having to be creative every day to bring that program to life, to Mm -hmm. find the students to come into the program, to mentor them, to coach them. And then I also managed a team of, I think by the time I finished up, it was a team of seven. So you've got all the usual day-to-day things that come about as when you've got to support a team of staff and manage them and lead them and uh, mentor them and coach them. So it's all that on top of still being in this program that was evolving every time we ran it. So we Mm -hmm. ran it Uh, twice a year and every time we would revisit what had gone well what hadn't gone so well um, change the structure rebuild and then go again go for another round much like course creators really like you keep reiterating you keep getting feedback from the students seeing what works what results and were you actually churning out not churning terrible word but you know what I mean (laughs) like were these students actually starting their own businesses and sticking with it yeah definitely so to date, Incubate has launched over 100 startups and wow. those startups have raised about $35 million. So obviously not all of them are successful and certain ones have raised a lot more yeah. within that pool. But it's just so exciting to be part of because you'd pick these ideas early on and pick the founders that were coming in with these business ideas and you'd nurture them from an incredibly early stage and get them the right mentors and get them into the program with the the support to learn about the legal side and all the things they need to know as founders. But ultimately they're coming in with an idea with the hope that someone will want to invest in that business. So we were helping them to create the business mechanism that would sit behind their idea to allow them to receive investment. So it was very exciting. Amazing experience. If I think about all the entrepreneurs listening, I'm sure some of us would have actually really liked to go through something like that because Otherwise, you're just learning as you go, as you said, and you Mm. don't look at your legals, you don't look at your fundamentals, you don't necessarily look at your structures, all the things that kind of you just figure out along the way. 
to have it in an incubator style approach is really, really handy. And I know how much they also help you to find your team and put yourself out there and you get pitch rounds, you get to practice. Yeah. So it's pretty intensive, but imagine if we as entrepreneurs kind of did that when we started a business, we took ourselves <laughs> through like a three to six month incubator to see if it would really, really work it would be quite fascinating. And maybe we'd have better businesses as a result. Mm. Cause I don't believe every business has to get funding. No, it's kind of the sexy thing that a lot of people aim to do. And there's certain businesses that I think work better with it, but actually even just preparing for having a business that could be funded or that you could exit from before you've even begun it is just really smart way of thinking actually Mm. that a lot of entrepreneurs don't consider. They just start and bring money in the door and then figure it out as they go. There's also the networks that you meet when you do those sorts of programs. So I think consistently the feedback we got was the thing that got the most value from was the mentors and the experience of meeting the other founders, the coaching they received through the program. Mm -hmm. So it's people first, isn't it? It's it's that people element that really won through and shone through as, as an amazing support mechanism while they were building. And so after five years of building that from the ground up and turning it into something super successful, I guess that's when you started on your own path of going, You'd probably been coaching throughout that and mentoring in your role, even though you had mentors for it and probably just Mm. considering how much you saw how important it was for people to choose the right career or the right work-life approach for them. So is that how your business started? Yeah, kind of. (laughs) There's always another element to the story. So after five years, I was ready to move on. I was ready to hand it over to somebody to come in to take it to the next level. You know, you need that freshness. It was almost like being... I guess a CEO, you only got a certain tenure and then really you should be moving on and letting somebody else mm-hmm. have a go to take to the next level. So I'd been reassessing my life and what I wanted, what was important to me, and I'd written a letter to myself about how I wanted my life to unfold over the next sort of 12 months. I knew I wanted to move because I've been in Sydney for 15 years. I wanted to move. It's time. I was going to move to Newcastle where my family is. About a year earlier, I'd actually won a competition to brew my own beer. (laughs) So this is a bit of a side story, but I was at a a work event and there was a team there who were running a competition to say, create your own beer, describe its characteristics, give it a name, put it into the competition and you could win a trip to a brewery to brew this beer. It was all jokes because I was a wine lover. I didn't really drink beer. So... (laughs) My work friends were laughing as I'm filling in this thing and drinking a wine, I think, while I was doing it. And so, <laughs> and it, it's so, so wrong, but so right. So I entered this beer and I called it Go Go Mojo. I called it that because my work nickname had been Jomo for a long time. And sometimes that got switched to Mojo. And I was like, oh, just Go Go Mojo. That seems like a good name. Gave it a description, put it in. And half an hour later, they were announcing that I've won this prize and everybody just thought it was hilarious that Joe who doesn't drink beer is going to go and brew a beer so it took them about a year to organize that prize and by that point I knew I needed to just create a massive life shift you know when things just get to a certain point you think I've actually got to step off this treadmill and do some things differently to get what I want mm-hmm. they decided by this point that the prize it would be to brew the beer in Fremantle in Western Australia Lovely. Instead of Geelong, where it was supposed to be originally. So it's actually at the Little Creatures Brewery. 
So I persuaded them that I should be allowed to take my best friend. So they very kindly paid for my best friend to come too because there'd been a delay in awarding the prize. So we go off to Fremantle thinking, yeah, this is going to be amazing. Three days before we flew out, I'd gone to my boss and said, I'm handing my notice, I'm going to give three months notice, plenty of time for us to recruit the amazing person who will replace me in this role, but it's time for me to go. And so I'd done that, I breathed a big sigh of relief, felt like I'd done all the right things, got on a plane to Fremantle with my best mate, thought we're going to have the weekend of our lives, it's going to be so much fun, going to brew this beer, no idea what's involved in brewing a beer. (laughs) So we turn up at the brewery and have the most amazing day. The man who was guiding our brew day is now my partner. So it was just the best day and we had so much fun. And my best friend played matchmaker. I had no thoughts about romance. You know, I was making this huge move to move to Newcastle. I wasn't going to move to Western Australia. But here I am three years on, still living in Western Australia, (laughs) still with the brewer who brewed Go Go Mojo. That is so cool. So you got your own beer. You got your love of your life and you had this big shift and move just from that that opportunity of filling out a form for something that you yeah, thought was pretty absolutely. funny. I love and it. And it, it was more in, in line with I knew I needed to make a change and mm. I knew I needed to be brave and I knew I needed to listen to all the signs that were saying it was time to make a change. You know, it's yeah. so easy to stay stuck in a safe place doing what we've always done, even if we know in our heart that that's not where we're supposed to be anymore. Mm. And you manifested a lot of that, which is something that you then went on to actually study, right? So Mm. that is one of your expertises is that you are a law of attraction coach as well. So I'd love for you to talk more about the yin and yang of law and attraction, because that's not something that I think gets discussed as much. You know, people call law of attraction, what does that mean? So the yin and yang Mm. of it. And practical tips and actions that you can share, just like you did for yourself and like I feel I do in my life a lot, to get what you want and create your ideal work life. Yeah, for sure. So I think it is like a yin and a yang because you've got to have the mindset piece with law of attraction, but you've also got to actually do something. You've got to take some action, right? (laughs) I think there's a meme that goes around that talks about waiting for things to happen and waiting to win the lottery, but you haven't actually bought a ticket. So that really clear step of, okay, to sit and think about what you'd, how you'd spend that money. But if you haven't bought the ticket, then nothing's changing. So not that I buy lottery tickets. Yeah, and I was also <laughs> going to say, I think there's better things to manifest on because you don't actually have any control over lottery tickets, whereas yeah, other situations you do. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So the inside is the kind of more receptive and more feminine side, which is the part that I think we use to attract in what we want. Um, And then the yang side is the more action-taking side. So I've thought about what I want and now I'm going to make some actions that are going to draw that thing in closer to me, but in a practical kind of a way. It's a funny thing for me as well because I've gone through this really practical business-building side, this really business-building program, but I know that the mindset side and the law of attraction side that I've put in place has worked amazingly for me to create that career because all the way through I was thinking about what I wanted, then I was putting steps into play, I was thinking about what was possible. So even though I've come from a very practical sort of a business background, I firmly believe that we do attract into our life what we want and where we put our 
energy is what's mm-hmm. going to be drawn in closer to us. So a couple of things that I like to do is, there's a saying, never go to sleep without a wish to your subconscious because that time is so powerful, that time to you lay in bed just before you go to sleep and you think about what you want, you think about what's possible, you let your imagination run away with you a little bit and that's a really powerful time for your brain to then think about that. When you get up in the morning, you've got some inspiration and you think, oh, where did that come from? Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. How does it for people to, I guess, think bigger than maybe they realize they can? Because I love dreaming and scheming on things, but often it's related to the frame of reference that you live in, the world that you live in, the people you surround yourself with. And in order to change, make shifts happen like you did when you were envisaging a big shift in your life and you got it, you do have to think outside the box or outside of what your own lived experience is. So how do you sort of encourage your clients to do that, to think beyond and to have no limits and to really dream about what's possible? Because as I know, the mind doesn't know the difference between what is a thought and what is reality. So if you can continue to feed those visions of what you want in there, that's what the mind will start to actually believe and then it starts to manifest. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge list writer. So I love to write down my goals. I think having people in your life or even people who you don't know personally who are living the kind of life and lifestyle that you would like or are spending their time in ways that you would like or you see something in them and you think I'd like elements of their lifestyle, you can almost build your own shopping list around cherry-picking the bits other people's lifestyles or experiences that you would like to have in your own world because you don't have to be exactly like anybody else. You're you. You need to create your life and your work-life experience to suit your circumstances and what and what you want. I think definitely starting bigger and sometimes looking at a celebrity or a mentor or somebody who sits outside of our immediate circle is a really good way to really think bigger and not just be trapped into to what we know. Yeah, and then I think it almost becomes a bit of a default way of thinking, doesn't it? I mean, just before we hit record, I was letting you know that I'd sold my apartment, which was an incredible investment over the last five to six years. And when I went to sell it, I had a price in mind that I really wanted. I had the profit, this ludicrous amount of profit that I wanted to make. And all those things came to fruition. Like I waited it out. It did happen. And then I remember even on the day, it was just the weather suddenly turned beautiful And because I'm the queen of parking, like I always find parks right outside where I want, the movers like got a park right outside my building. And I didn't like, I didn't manifest that for them, but I just envisaged a smooth sailing, great moving experience. And they got one right outside and sunshine and they whipped through it and they got one right outside the storage locker and they got it home and it was all so easy. And I was like, man, what a beautiful day and what a great lucky spot yeah. they got and then my friend was telling me later she's like no Nat, I'm pretty sure you manifested most of that because you just mm. envisaged what you wanted to see and then the next yeah. day there was snow and sleet and rain. it was just wow yeah. so yeah and had the real had the real estate agent as well not sort of said we believe we can get you this price like I already thought I'd pushed what I would love from it and they were like well we think we can get you this it, it altered my levels of what was possible and I was like all right I'd be happy with this then which was yeah. more And so then I started thinking in that realm and that's what I got. So maybe I could have gone even further and it would have got more. I was just happy with that. That was a really great outcome. Yeah. And I think there is something in that. It's okay to have to think bigger in increments. 
You don't have to go to extremes thinking about what would make you happy. Would it just be that you would like to start work half an hour earlier to allow yourself time to go to the gym and get ready? Is there any reason that you need to start work at that particular time, Mm. really? Um, Sometimes, yeah, we just haven't actually thought about if it's possible to make a change. We've just accepted the status quo and haven't thought about, well, why does it have to be this way? Why can't I change it? Why can't I make an alteration that's going to make life better? Yeah. It's, I think when people go, oh, I can't wait when I have the time to be able to do X. And I'm like, why can't you just start that in increments this week? Like that's Mm. where my Freedom Friday came from. I was like, why can't I just have a day off every week that extends my weekend? Yeah. Again. (laughs) So make it happen. And then that's where people take these increments, as you said, or even if they're thinking about wanting to grow their business rather than going, I'd love to earn a million and you're only earning 50,000. That's a fair leap. But what about Mm. if you could earn initially two grand a month and then you could start getting to 5k months and then you could start getting to 10k months and then 20k and 50k and suddenly it's actually possible but yes that is incremental growth that you can actually manifest and see and believe because from what I understand around manifesting there still needs to be a certain element of full belief that it is absolutely yeah yeah Yeah. for sure the other one I like to use is which came from an Abraham Hicks book which is very law of attraction focused wouldn't it be nice if dot, dot, dot. Mm. So you're not demanding. You're just thinking, wouldn't it be nice if? And then you can put some actions that sit in behind that to mm. try and help it along, to help it to happen. But you're right. You need the belief. If you don't believe it's possible, then nothing's shifting fast. But it is okay to waver, right? Because mm-hmm. this isn't about absolute certainty all of the time. Mm-hmm. We're human. It's okay to waver and it's okay to have doubts. And then The other thing is to look for the signs. When I was making my decision to move to Western Australia from Sydney, I was leaving my friends, my family, a job I'd been in for 10 years. I was leaping into the unknown. I'd been here once or twice. I was going to come and, but I just kept looking for signs that it was the right move and the doors continued to open. You know, I stepped into a job over here first before I launched the business that was incredibly supportive and I met a great group of people, and it enhanced my career experiences to date. So Mm. things become available to you. Yeah, very much so. What's your other favourite yin-yang or law of attraction kind of tip or method that you turn to quite a lot to use? I love the wish it for your subconscious, you know, leave that Mm. every night, and then look for the signs. And what's one more that you can share with people that you actually know really, really works? Yeah, so... I like to write a story. Mm. So the story of my dream day, I rewrite that quite regularly because my dream day changes quite regularly. But when I was leaving Sydney, when I was writing about my career going forward, I wrote more flexibility into that as part of my story. At that point, I didn't want to work full time. I wanted a job where I could try before I buy, so to speak. So the right contract role came up. I didn't want a full time permanent gig at that point. And then more simple things like the sort of house you want. So when we made the decision to leave Perth and move to Margaret River, where we are now, we were struggling to find the right rental property. And we sat on the beach and wrote a story with very specific things about what we wanted in the house. Because we'd seen two houses the day before and I like one, my partner liked the other. And we sat in this restaurant debating and couldn't agree. And I said to him, look, let's not force this. Let's just wait. And 
he was freaking out going I don't think we should just wait we've got a week till we need to move <laughs> and then I was looking around further and this other property popped up that had been almost hidden from view before this point wow. that ticked all of the boxes so it. it's holding the faith it's knowing what you want and having a bit of a shopping list to get there yeah, I love that, Joan. You actually remind me of my perfect day exercise, which is probably similar to your dream day, where you just get super freaking clear on how you want to wake up right through to yeah. how you want to go to sleep. And it may not happen straight away, but the more you're focusing on that, you actually start to make little adjustments in your day to make that happen. And I used to say the thing of maybe you want to wake up by the ocean and go down and do yoga, but you don't live anywhere near an ocean. That doesn't mean you can't go up and get going to a swimming pool and have a similar experience of just being in the water and having that moment as the time out for yourself. Yeah, um, definitely. And the perfect man list, which I talk about in Suck It Up Princess of how I met Josh. Like Me I got too. really, really clear. Yeah, you did the <laughs> same, right? You get really clear on the type of person, who they are, their values. And the more clear you can get on, you can put so many items on there. They don't have to tick all the boxes. Even if they come in at 75, 80%, you've done amazing. But just having that clarity and intention about who you want, you suddenly start meeting those types of people rather than just randos. <laughs> yes, most definitely. Yeah, yeah, I love a good list. And they're more powerful than people realise. Yeah. And I think you're back to the increments thing because that what you said about the yoga, even if you end up watching a YouTube yoga session with someone else on the beach doing yes. yoga, it's the start of putting your brain in the right place to focus more on what you want not on what you don't want, yeah. which is the start of drawing the things to you that you truly want to spend your time doing and surrounding yourself with the sort of people you want to be with. Yeah, I remember when I introduced you to the Life Canvas through the 10K Club, which we do with all the 10K Club members, and I think you nailed it when you first did your version, and I love it. I've got mine right behind my desk and right here on the wall. It's so powerful, even if you don't read it every day or every week. It just is this intentional way of how you want to show up in life across all areas of your life that are important. And when you're not in alignment with that, you can go back and go, I obviously haven't been leaving that wish at night or I haven't been creating the intention around it or I haven't been prioritizing it or focusing on it. Why not? Why don't I deserve this and what needs to change in order to get back to that beautiful vision that I had for my life? Definitely. And the increments. It's always the increments. Yeah, exactly. So how do you... I guess, take this law of manifestation training and your super practical side and the organized side, which I love about you as well, because it's quite rare. I think you often get people who are like super organized over here, but you've managed to meld it together. And that's what makes you a super effective coach. So what do you love about coaching? Why did you get drawn into, into that path as your business? My favorite thing about coaching is people tell me every day that I help them. And I've always been somebody who enjoys supporting others more than I enjoy being in front myself I suppose in terms of the public face so the bit that's been most difficult I think about building a business for me has actually been being the front person I love supporting others and so coaching has just felt like my natural place for so long I coached my team my family probably say I coached them to a certain extent <laughs> Um, friend, you know, friends. <laughs> I know. So I think it just becomes something that you are. In fact, I have to stop myself sometimes from coaching. Sometimes we hear. I just think, Joe, be quiet. I haven't asked you, so just keep quiet. And so it's so inbuilt now that I just love to help people to get where they want to go. Yeah. And do you have any style of coaching that you think you particularly resonate with or do really well? Because there's all sorts of different coaching, right? Mm. 
So I like people to tell me where they want to go. So I have a set of questions that I send out before I start coaching that helps me understand what the person's goals are and not just about their work life because I come at this from from a big focus on people creating their ideal work life because we spend so much time at work Mm -hmm. and work has so many knock-on effects to the rest of our life. But there's also how you organise your time, how you organise your finances, what sort of holidays you want to take, what sort of personal relationships you want to have, what sort of other goals you have that you may not have even thought about yet. So more holistically than just work life, I draw that information out of people. And then as we talk about what they want and how they're going to get there, I can pull them back using what they've already told me about what they've said they want. So we'll focus on the mindset part or the magic, depending on who I'm talking to. I'll interchangeably use those terms because I know some people are more open than others. Then the opportunities that are around all of us. So the opportunities that they may not have found on their own that I can help them locate and then the journey. So we'll set out the next steps of where they're going to go, how they're going to get there, then the outcomes. Because ultimately with coaching, you want your clients to get the outcomes mm-hmm. they're looking for. That's why I get up in the morning and, and want to do this job and help people. And you want them to get them as well. You're not yeah. telling, you know, like you're the guide, you're the muse, you're the mentor, you're the coach, but ultimately they need to be the ones who are making those decisions and getting those outcomes with your support and guidance. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I just love it. And I think it's the when people tell you that you've helped them and when you see them get what they're looking for, mm. it's an amazing feeling. That is pretty amazing. Hey? So that brings me to my exciting news that I said we'd share nearer to the end of this podcast is that I am delighted to be and already have Joe in as a resident coach of the 10K Club, which is really exciting. And it a huge is. move for me because I have always been the coach and to bring in other people that I trust and believe in and adore is really exciting, but also a big move. So I just want to thank you for taking the chance as well. And having been in the club prior to that and done really well, and now to be a resident coach, it's been really lovely to see you welcomed back in. So yeah, what are you excited about with this opportunity going forward? So for me, it's this the part of supporting other women. The 10K Club is just such a special place. The group, the comments, the way that people give each other feedback, it's truly supportive in a really honest, kind way. I love being part of that. I think it's just such a lovely community. Mm, Yeah, it's pretty special, hey? I was thinking about the other day because I'm part of several groups and I just watch the stuff that goes on in them and I'm like, huh, we just don't have any of that going on Mm. in the group. It's just a really special bunch of people and everybody who comes in kind of gets into that flow and it just feels really natural and a very very supportive safe space but also with that gentle ass kicking when you need it and the really clear guidelines and directions and accountability and support so it's going to be Mm. awesome to have you there definitely and so many different types of businesses as well and people wanted you on your toes it absolutely does (laughs) people wanted to create a different sort of lifestyle you know not everybody want has the same goals around their business Mm -hmm. they're looking for different things and a business that fits into their lifestyle and their goals. Yeah, and it, not everybody's on that mission for 10K a mm. month and beyond. They're just actually on, I mean, how does this business run without me? How does it feel more easeful and graceful and fun? How do I build it around my own lifestyle needs, which I think is really important. Yeah, definitely. 
Very cool. Well, we're super excited to have you in there and I'm thrilled. I know by the time this goes out, I will be well on maternity leave yes, and you you'll be doing your thing and making amazing progress with the Queens and they might not even want me back at the end of it, which is totally fine. But no, I'm just really excited to see what co-creation you can do. And also just having different coach and mentors perspectives in the club is really important because I think everybody has something unique to offer. So I'm really excited for them to be able to go on the journey with you. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you for being here, Joe. What is the best way for people to get in touch with you, learn more about what you do? And thank you. I'm most active on LinkedIn. So you can find me on LinkedIn at Joe Morrison or at GoGo Mojo Coaching on LinkedIn. I am on the other platforms, but yeah, LinkedIn is my go to. Good. Nice and focused. I like it. I really hope that you enjoyed this opportunity to hear from Joe. I am so thrilled that she is one of two resident coaches that I have hired to join the 10K Club to help my queens continue to get to 10K months and 10X themselves in terms of personal growth and development. And what's really cool is that in addition to hosting the moaching, which is mentoring and coaching calls within the club, between them, they're also offering up one-to-one coaching. And that is the first time we've offered that in the club because I know that sometimes People just want more. They want more of that personalized support. So if you've been thinking of joining the 10K Club, it is frankly the best time ever. I know I might not be in it right now, but I am all throughout it. And actually what's more important is the beautiful Queens and the incredible community we've created and the 10X framework course that gets you to those 10K months, but more importantly, that 10X growth in you. So go to nataliesisson.com forward slash 10K, that's 10K, and check it out. So much has changed in there, but the one thing that hasn't is the spirit and ethos and values of all the members who are just absolute joys. They truly are queens, self-named by themselves, and we are just constantly stepping up into our potential every single day and making amazing things happen. So if you feel it's time, if you've hit that kind of, I don't know, mid-year slump, or you're just wanting change and you know that nothing is changing, then perhaps it's time you come and join the 10K Club. You can join for a month. You can join for a quarter. It's totally up to you. There's no contracts. It's come in, make yourself known, and really work at what you want and get the support you need to do big things in this world. So that's nataliesisson.com forward slash 10K. And in the meanwhile, I hope you tap into your potential, get paid to be you and have a phenomenal week.